everybody. Hello. Welcome to the Castro Files. How are you? Doing well. How about yourself? I'm well, thank you. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Absolutely. Merry Christmas to all of you. Thank you very much for joining us on the Castro Files. It's been a couple of weeks since we've been on. It has. And we were just saying it's we've had a lot going on. It's been busy, as I'm sure all of you have been busy as, as well. well yep. With getting ready for the holidays, for Christmas, mm-hmm. for Hanukkah, or whatever you celebrate. But I hope you had a wonderful time with your families and friends and anybody if, if you were able to to see family and friends. Yeah. Um, we're going to get into a Christmas story mm-hmm. a little late for Christmas, but still, nonetheless, it's, it's, it's holidays. It is, right? It still works. With a little lipstick on your tooth. Mm, hey, I figured I I'd tell you ahead of time, yeah. Don't want to be that person that, The you whole know, show, I have yeah, lipstick on my teeth. You know, it's Thank all you. good, though. Yeah, so we've got a good one for you tonight. So, But first, go out, check us out on the Castro Files, out on Instagram, Facebook, well, not on Facebook, but Instagram, iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, of course, where we um, upload these once a week or so. We'll be back in a regular swing of things as we move into the new year as well. So again, thank you so much. Appreciate the likes and subscribes. Also, if you don't mind, go out and share the show. Share it. Absolutely. Get us some more likes and fun. subscribes. It's always fun. You can also yeah. check it out on The Bar is Open with Beth and Greg. That's where all of the audio is uploaded. So with that business out of the way. Before we start, all right. I'm going to clean these because with that light shining over there, I'm like, wow, these are dirty. <laughs> <laughs> well, with that, while Beth is cleaning her glasses, I'm going to jump into, this is, we're going to call this, this episode, Santa versus Krampus. Great. I think it's very appropriate for the story we're going to share. Yep. It's going to be a little bit different. I'm going to give a little background on Krampus because I think it's interesting and it's creepy. And I've got some creepy pictures of what Krampus was when he kind of came about. Right. And then we've got a good story that we're going to go back and forth this time we're gonna on. We're going to split telling. We're going to split mm-hmm. the show or the story up. So yep. yeah, absolutely. So buckle up. It's going to be a good one. All right. The story of Krampus, the anti-Santa who punishes naughty children with season's beatings. <laughs> I mean, that just tells you something right off the mm-hmm. bat, right? A half goat demon said to be the son of a North of a, of the Norse God of the underworld Krampus punishes naughty children at Christmas time and drags some to hell. Oof. Like, come on. You're bad. You're bad. <laughs> they say he comes on the evening of December 5th, a night called Krampusnacht. You can usually hear him coming as soft steps of his bare human foot alternate, alternate <laughs> with clip clop of his cloven hoof. And when you see him, you'll interesting in, instantly notice that he's armed with a birch branch so he can beat naughty children. His name is Krampus, and he's the terror of, uh, of Austria and the Alpine region around Christmas time. But who is Krampus? Why is he known as the anti-Santa? And how did this disturbing legend become uh, come about first in the first place? So... Through descriptions of Krampus's appearance from vary from, or I'm sorry, though descriptions of Krampus's appearance vary from region to region, some things remain constant. He is said to have pointed devilish horns and a long snake-like tongue. His body is covered in coarse fur, and he looks like a goat crossed with a demon. And here is picture number one. Oh, wrong picture. <laughs> Save that one. There we go. There we go. 
Okay. We'll get this down. It's been a couple of weeks, like I said, so we've got to get everything back and dialed in. All right. So Krampus comes to town the night before the Feast of St. Nicholas and visits all the houses to dish out his punishment. If you're lucky, you might just get swatted with a birch branch. If you're not, you will wind up in the sack. After that, your fate is anyone's guess. The legend suggests you might be eaten as a snack, drowned in a river, or even dropped off in hell. Sometimes Krampus is accompanied by St. Nicholas, who isn't known to bother him who isn't known to bother himself with naughty children in Central Europe. Instead, he focuses on handing out presents to well-behaved kids and then leaves the rest up to his sinister counterpart. Makes sense. <laughs> I guess. How did Krampus become a regular part of the holiday of holiday fun in places like Austria, Bavaria, and the Czech Republic? Nobody in, is entirely certain. But most people believe that Krampus originally hails from the Alpine region's pagan past. His name comes from the German word Krampen, which means claw, and he bears a striking resemblance to the, to the old Norse legends about the son of hell, the god of the underworld. It is a compelling story, especially since Krampus's appearance coincides with a number of pagan winter rites, most notably one that sends people parading through the streets to disperse the ghosts of winter. And this is still something that goes on annually yeah. there yep. as well. Over the years, the, as Christianity gained popularity in the region, aspects of Krampus's appearance began to shift to fall in line with Christian beliefs. The chains, for example, were not originally a feature of Hell's ghoulish son, it's believed that Christians added them to evoke the bindings of the devil. And that wasn't the only change they made. Under Christian hands, Krampus took on a number of more devilish qualities, like the basket he uses to carry wicked children to hell. Oof. From there, it isn't hard to see how Krampus, already associated with the winter festivities, might have been incorporated into Christian traditions and the legend of St. Nicholas around Christmas time. So some of the more modern um, celebrations, there's a feast of St. Nicholas in the Alpine region currently. Um, every evening on December 5th, a night called Krampusnacht. Alleged, uh, elegantly dressed St. Nick's pair up with monstros monstrously outfitted Krampuses and make the rounds to homes and businesses, offering gifts and playful threats. Some people exchange Krampus schnott greeting cards that depict the horned beast alongside festive and funny messages. Sometimes they run amok in um, chasing friends and passerbys with birch sticks, and this is activity is especially popular among young men. So a couple of other photos. So while you're right. bringing those up, sure. it makes me think of um, Josh Gates did a special on Krampus one time, remember? Mm -hmm. And there's a place in Europe somewhere where they have the Krampus race. Mm -hmm. And people, it's to get into the Krampus club or something like that. There's but, a whole yeah. thing, yeah. And, but you like can't become a member yeah, but... until you get a scream. And then your hierarchies, depending on how many screams you get based off your costume. But you chase pedestrians around in the streets dressed as and they're with their, I mean, people are yeah. in like and big some of those boots masks and, are, I mean, some big, of those costumes yeah. are big and scary. Yeah, absolutely. So this is a picture of Krampus Stein from like, this is old school stuff right here, right? So old depictions of him where he's coming in and, and you'll see on his, if you can see it kind of coming out of his back, it almost looks like a quiver of birch sticks. Mm -hmm. And then he's got a sack on his back and one kid's good. And one kid's being taken by Krampus. Oh, no. oh, and then no, of course, Mr. this Matt. is Krampus. You know, flying off with all the bad kids. All the bad children. The weirdest part about this picture 
is you have a drawing and it almost looks like those are real photos of babies. And I'm fairly certain those are fo- like old school photos, like reimposed on this picture. Really? Yeah. That's it's creepy. Creepy. So, yeah. Huh. So we're going to get into Santa versus Krampus. And like I said, we're going to go back and forth on this and uh, really just kind of have fun with it. It's yep. going to be a good one. All right. Santa versus Kramp- Krampus. Part one. The blizzard rages across the North Pole, balls of white dancing across the wind. And real quick, I need to, I'm going to restart it real quick here. This is from 12 Days of Horror by Rick Wood. And this is Blood Spatter Press. Now I'm going to restart. 12 Days of Christmas Horror, Volume 3. Volume 3. Yeah. There we go. So the blizzard rages across the North Pole, balls of white dancing across the wind. The howls of the storm combine into a symphony of terror, a sound almost as furious as the sight. Animals hide in shelters that the elements plot to destroy, their fur coats not enough to stop them from shivering. The crunch of his footsteps barely makes a sound in the, in the wrath of the storm, but when he witnesses the sight before him, Santa Claus no longer thinks about the tempest that freezes his bones. Who did this? Spots of blood create a path to the elves' quarter, quarters growing larger as he proceeds towards a mat that reads, All friends welcome here. He pauses. He has a duty to care for the elves. He wants to know what is happening, but he can't be reckless. Barging in won't help anyone, so he proceeds with caution, one step at a time, his large black leather boots sinking into the thick snow as he approaches. No sounds come from within the cabin. Not that he'd hear anything in this storm. <clears throat> the wind would disguise any scream that would otherwise have echoed into the night. Even so, he listens as he peers through the window. The glass is covered in frost and mist, concealing any figures that lie within, only revealing the flickering amber of the candles inside. He places his gloved hand onto the handle, stiffens his muscles, flexes his fingers, opens the door. It creaks into the darkness. He steps inside, pulls the light switch, but it doesn't work. That must be why the elves lit the candles. He takes a few more careful steps forward, looking from one bed to the other, each half the size of his. They are empty. The spots of blood continue across the wooden floorboards. What starts out as splotches of the splotches turns to large shriek, streak, like someone had been dragged. A few more steps and he hears breaths, murmurs of fear. Santa? The whisper distracts him. He looks into the corner of the room and finally sees the elves. They cling together, all ten of them who share this room, shaking, gripped by fear. No, wait, there isn't ten of them, only eight. Where's Flopsy and Popsy, he asks. They dare not reply. The elf at the front, Joppy, the bravest one, if one can ever say that an elf is brave, raises a quivering arm and points at the door to the bathroom. Santa takes a candle and approaches. He almost slips on the blood, but manages to steady himself. He places a hand against the door and pushes it. It opens a crack, then resists. Something is blocking it from, the, from opening. With more force, Santa barges to open the door, and Popsy's wild, wide, still, still eyes stare up at him. At first, Santa doesn't understand. Why is Popsy lying there? Why is Popsy just staring at him? He sees the blood across Popsy's throat, but he doesn't register. 
Not at first. He sees the large bite mark that exposes Popsy's windpipe. He sees missing teeth in the in a jaw bent to one side. He sees the slit slit down Popsy's chest that reveals his still heart, half the size, half the literal size of a human's, but figuratively bigger than anyone's. And he realizes, "Fuck, Popsy, you are dead." There's a noise coming from the shadows, like sucking, like a sucking noise. Someone eating or drinking something, slurping and slopping and splishing, and a face glistens in a small gift of light. No, Flopsy lies across its lap, his head hanging off the bod- off his body like a ball on a string. His eyes don't stare at Santa because they're not there. One by one eyeball is missing; the other is hanging out of the mouth of a creature. Flopsy's belly is slid open and most of his insides are gone. Devoured by his by the beast, the creature that Santa struggles to make out in the darkness. Let him go! Santa's voice booms out. The creature stops. Santa can't see his face, but he feels the grin that spreads across it. It slowly lifts its visage, revealing itself in a slow, in a soft glow of Santa's candle, and Santa recoils in horror the sight of his mortal enemy. You! It wears a tatted, tatty red coat with padding trim, padded trimming as if to mock him. Beneath its hood is a face as devilish as a face can be. Two horns curve <clears throat> towards the long, towards the roof. A long red tongue flaps from between its fangs. Its tail thrashes back and forth as if excited. Its nose and eyes, though technically human-like, are nothing of the sort. With blood red pupils and red snot dripping from the nostrils and its body covered in fur has two arms that end in claws with long spindly bony fingers and long brown sharp nails. Krampus. Santa's mortal enemy. How dare you? It cackles. How silly you are, Santa, to think that your command of let him go would quell the beast. It feeds off Santa's horror, energizes itself from it, from it, soaks it in. There's nothing in Santa's immediate anger that could do anything but provide more satisfaction to the terror the monster has created. Put Flopsy down. The command goes unheeded. Santa steps forward. The violence of Flopsy, Flopsy's death Death, growing in clarity as his candle graces the body with more light. I said put him down. Krampus drops the elf, but only so he can stand and stretch his body upward, its hooves scraping the roof, towering above Santa, placing the figure of Christmas in the shadow of evil. You leave these elves alone. This is between you and me. Krampus roars then laughs. The moisture of its rancid breath creating a warmth, flickering flickers of putrid saliva land on Santa's face. Ew. Listen to me, you fucker. Enough is enough. Tonight we end this once and for all. Santa steps towards Krampus, which is supposed to be an intimidating gesture, but only shows how much greater in size Krampus is. I'm going to show you just what Santa Claus is all about. Krampus laughs once again followed by a mocking sneer, then swipes its claws at Santa's head and launches him at, a, at the far wall of the bathroom. The wooden beams separating the elves from the elements collapse at Santa's bo- as Santa's body flies through them. And he lands in the middle of the storm. 
He rolls to his side, submerged in snow, rubbing his head. Krampus leaps from the elves' quarters, soaring through the blizzard, and its legs land on either side of Santa. He knows this is going to be a long night. A long night. But he doesn't care. The battle to end all battles has finally begun. This is who I have in mind. And if you saw it a minute ago, Oh, that's what from Santa Violent like. Night. This is who I imagine is going to be fighting Krampus. Yeah, I would imagine so too. So, keep that gentleman in your mind. If you've seen it recently on the movies, just came out Violent Night. So, um, Santa versus Krampus Part Two. <clears throat> Santa is too old for this stuff. That's what comes with being immortal. You age more and more, and the aches grow stronger and stronger, and it never ends. Maybe it wouldn't be too bad if Krampus put him out of his misery. Maybe it would be an act of mercy on the part of his mortal enemy. Or maybe it would destroy the hopes and dreams of millions of children across the world. His his head rolls on its side. His neck muscles prick. He sees beyond the elves' quarters to the barn where his sleigh and reindeer are kept. Then he sees Mrs. Claus. What the hell is Martha doing here? She walks out from behind the barn, a tray of cookies in her hand. Despite the rabid storm, he swears he can smell cinnamon, his favorite. Krampus' face lowers towards Santa's. Its grin widens. Its laugh is low and menacing. Its taunt unmistakable. It traces its claws up Santa's fat belly, up his chest and to his throat, wanting to make it nice and slow. Then it, is re- then it realizes Santa's distracted by something over its shoulder. Krampus turns its head and it sees her. Santa's chest seizes with terror. No, Santa cries, not her, not her. Never her. <clears throat> he grabs a hold, he grabs hold of the rags around Krampus' chest, uses them to pull himself up, then swipes an elbow at the enemy's jaw. It has little to no effect. It just amuses the beast, but it allows Santa a moment to scamper away despite the thick snow slowing his run to a quick walk. Martha sees him and smiles. She has cookies for him. It's the night before Christmas Eve, and she knows this is when he gets most anxious, just as she knows a tray of cookies will help to calm him. Then she sees it, and she drops the cookies, and she screams. Martha, run, Santa cries, but it's too late. Krampus leads towards her, using its hooves and claws to protect himself through the air. Santa runs after it, at least he tries, as she runs away. Her figure becomes barely disconcertable among the frantic snowflakes flying in all directions, and she disappears in the storm. But he can make out Krampus's silhouette. It's unmistakable. It's heading towards the barn. This is where Martha must have gone. Santa tries harder to sprint, but he can barely walk. The snow is up to his knees. He has to pull his legs out with every step, and it takes too long. Krampus's outline, uh, sorry, Krampus's outline lands on the roof of the barn. If he kills the reindeer, there's no more Christmas. But if he kills Martha, then there's no more Santa. All he can do is move forward at a frantically slow pace, lifting one leg up, then the other. Sands of Krampus tearing at pieces of the barn's roof grow louder beneath the screeches of the wind. Santa gains on the barn. He can see Krampus digging its claws into the wood, grabbing planks and throwing them away, trying to find the way trying to find its way in trying to torment Santa with the violent death of his beloved before his own demise not today Krampus not today eventually Santa reaches the barn and unseen by Krampus who is too distracted with creating a hole in the big roof enough for him to fit through unlocks the door Martha would have locked behind her 
he throws himself inside and looks around. The reindeer are awake and alert. Pieces of wood fall into the sleigh that sits proudly in the middle of the floor. Martha? Her head lifts from behind Prancer and Dancer. He rushes over to her, limping slightly, and throws his arms around her. He holds her close. She smells sweet, just like she always does. He met her in a bakery just over 140 years ago. Their love has never wavered since. His heart still warms at the sight of her rosy cheeks and cheeky smile. Having been alive since 2040 AD, he'd left his birthplace of Myra, that is now known as Turkey, and searched the world for meaning to his lengthened existence. He was the patron saint of children. In his youth, he'd saved three girls from he'd saved three girls from going into slavery by providing them with a dowry so that they could marry, and the auction had not and the action had not gone unnoticed. There was well, well, there, well, <laughs> there was widespread anguish when the Dutch reported on his apparent death in 1773, but they were, they were mistaken. Even so, it gave him a quieter life for a while, but none of it had meaning until he met her. She was the one that showed him that he could deliver all these toys in one night. She was the one who showed him how magic the North Pole could truly be. It was her who truly, who was truly the heart and soul of Christmas, not him. It was all her, and he would do anything to protect her. The roof above ripped apart as Krampus was almost in. Hide, Santa tells her, then rushes to Dancer and Prancer and attaches their reins to his sleigh. He doesn't have time to attach all the reindeer, so he won't be able to fly too high off the ground, but at least he'll be able to draw the monster away from everything he holds dear. What are you doing? She cries. I'm leading it away. The roof rips open. Krampus' shadow overtakes the barn, but he'll kill you. He looks back at her. She looks distraught. She looks terrified, and she looks beautiful. I love you, he tells her, then turns away. She shouts, she shouts something, but he doesn't hear what it is. Krampus drops to the hole he created and shakes the ground with the impact of his hooves. Come on then, you little prick. Santa flicks the reins, his wife opens the barn doors, and his two faithful reindeer charge into the storm. The snow slows down for a few seconds, then they rise, flying above it. I'm sorry, then they rise, flying just a few meters above the ground. This is as high as they'll be able to get, but it'll do. He checks over his shoulder, fearing that Krampus has stayed to finish off Martha before giving chase. But Krampus doesn't want to lose him, and is galloping after him, using his claws and hooves to leap in the air, then leap again. The, the sleigh moves quickly, but Krampus is moving just as quick. The monster isn't even sweating. Santa isn't even sure the creature can perspire. He isn't even sure what the creature is. There is no name for it. There are no other others that Santa is aware of. It's just the one creature created for a single purpose, to destroy Christmas and everything it stands for. In other words, to destroy Santa. Not today, you ugly bastard, Santa growls and flicks the reins again, urging the reindeer to go quicker. He knows that Krampus will keep up. He knows that he can't run forever. He knows that eventually he'll have to fight. But for the moment, all Santa cares about is luring Krampus away from his home and towards the North Pole. And by that, Santa doesn't mean the place the North Pole. And by that, Santa doesn't mean the place the North Pole. They are already there. He means the pole, which is at the northernmost part of Earth, the pole that sticks out of the ground marking the North Pole. The pole that Santa had left there quite deliberately, just in case he needed it. The pole with a sharpened tip pointed enough to draw blood from any despicable creature. Just a little further. That's it. That's all. Just a little further. Krampus cackles. Krampus's cackle carries along the gusts of wind. It knows that Santa will have to stop eventually. 
All Santa is doing is tiring him out, making himself an easier target. He just he just has to get a little further. There it is. He sees it, long, with red and white stripes, like a massive candy cane. He pulls the reins and slows Prancer and Dancer down. They pass the pole, and as they do, Santa dives out of the sleigh, rolls through the snow, and ends up on his knees in front of the weapon. He grabs it with both hands, pulls hard to remove it from the ground, and holds it high. Krampus lands a few steps before him. Santa always forgets how large Krampus is, how much it looms over him. He twirls the pole, licks his dry, cracked lips, ignores the ache in his back. Come on then, you fucker. Krampus launches itself toward him and dives out of the way of Santa's first swing of the pole. The pole is heavier than he remembers. Then again, everything is heavier these days. You don't get to be over 1,700 years old and not feel it in your muscles. Santa readies the pole again and Krampus charges at him as he swings it, forcing Krampus to duck once more. Come on! Krampus charges forward again and Santa swings the pole upwards, scraping along Krampus's chest with the point, even drawing a speck of blood. He wants to pump his fists in the air, but he doesn't. It's just a little scratch. Even so, it's the most dangerous he's ever done to it, or the most damage he's ever done to it. It doesn't charge at him again. Krampus just waits, narrowing its evil eyes, glaring intently. Just, then, just as Santa begins to think, holy moly, I'm winning, Krampus leaps across the air, lands its hoofs on the arm that holds the pole, and snatches it away from him. Santa cries out, but the pain is nothing compared to the devastation of losing his weapon. He tries reaching for it with his other hand, but Krampus lifts it out of his reach. Krampus examines it closely, moving it across his vision. All Santa can think is, I must get that back. This is when Krampus places it in his mouth and bites it in half, then bites it again and again. He places the pieces on his tongue and swallows them, including the pointed end, gulping them down, ending his meal with a satisfying burp. No! Krampus takes its hoof off Santa's arm and kicks him across the snow. Santa lands on his side. He groans, rolls over. He looks to his sleigh. There are more weapons beneath it. Grenades, detonators, spears, everything he needs. He just has to get to them and hope that Krampus doesn't eat them either. I'm telling you, this is what I was thinking of Santa being like commando badass, right? So as you know, as you can tell as we're going through this, this isn't your typical Santa story. The snow crumbles in his ear. It sounds like the ocean tide falling away. He lifts his head and rubs it out, rubs it out of his eyes, feeling pieces of snow turn to ice on his beard. Krampus raises its head, a gleeful sneer mocking Santa's pain. Santa turns and runs as fast as one can run in thick snow towards his sleigh. Krampus's hoods, hooves follow slowly, not to chase him, but to torment him, to give him hope that he will get away, hope that Krampus will snatch away at the final moment. Santa reaches his sleigh and dives into the compartment beneath. From there, he takes a grenade, unpins it, and looks at his enemy. Enemy, take this! Throws the grenade. Krampus leaps out of the way, out of its way as it lands beside his its hoof, hoof prints. The grand explosion, only managing to waft the rags on the monster's back. Man. He's a hell of a leap, I'll give him that. Santa takes another grenade, removes the pin, and throws it. Then takes another, removes the pin, and throws it. Another, removes the pin, throws, etc. Each one detonates on the ground just as Krampus leaps away. Until the last one, which seems to catch, the, catch, it, in, catch it in its blast. And this time, it doesn't get up. 
His body lays in the snow. Its hoof twitches. It doesn't move. This could be a trick. Santa knows to be cautious, even if it's if his heart is racing in hope that he's won. He takes a spear from beneath the sleigh, inspecting the sharp point at its tip, and trudges through the thick white. He slows down as he nears the body. He readies his spear, sure that Krampus will leap up at any moment and swipe its claws across Santa's throat. Krampus doesn't move. Come on, you son of a bitch. I know you're still alive. <clears throat> Nothing. He edges forward again. I've never killed you this easily. He reaches Krampus' side, holding the spear above his shoulder, ready to strike at any moment. Krampus' eyes remain closed. Maybe it's unconscious. Santa isn't taking any risks. He takes his spear in both hands, lifts it high above his head, and plunges it down towards Krampus' heart. Krampus catches it in its claws and snaps the spear in half. Santa turns to run, but Krampus scrapes at the scrapes a claw down his back, for, forcing him to scream as he falls to the snow, a line of glistening red beside him. Krampus flexes his claws around Santa's throat, lifts him up, and chucks, chuckles as he chokes. His legs kick, his arms thrash, his heart thuds. Splotches of light take over his vision. He loses oxygen. He's going to pass out. In a move he hasn't done since his youth, he swings his legs up, past his fat belly and lands them around Krampus's arm. He tightens them against his elbow and twists, forcing Krampus to loosen its grip and allowing Santa to breathe. Santa drops to the floor. He looks back at his sleigh. If he can get to that, he can speed away. Krampus will chase him, but will what else is Santa supposed to do? How are you meant to kill a creature that is so much bigger and stronger? Fuck it. He'll have to figure it out in the sleigh. He tries to run, the snow slowing him down, the blizzard bombarding his face. He lo he's lost his hat, and somehow this annoys him more than anything. People know that know him by his white beard and red hat. Without the hat, who is he? I'm Santa, that's who. The reminder put, spurs him on. Krampus leaps in front of him, blocking his route to the sleigh. He reaches his claw towards Santa's neck, and he grabs it, trying to push it away, but Krampus is too strong. Despite using all his strength, the claw still edges towards his face. Krampus' cocky sneer visible in his periphery. Santa lets, his, lets the claw go quite suddenly, moving to the side, forcing the claw to land deep in the snow and take Krampus off balance. He uses the opportunity to gain a hurry towards his sled. He climbs in, flicks the reins, and Prancer and Dancer take off. The two of them still only manage to hover the sleigh above, off the ground, but it's enough. They may not be flying high, but they're flying quickly, and that's what matters. Even so, he can hear the hooves of Krampus pounding the ground behind him, its pursuit creating echoes in the storm. He flicks the reins again, urging them to go quicker, but they are already at maximum speed. The hooves stop for a moment, and out of the thick snowstorm, Krampus's silhouette reveals itself. Its body soars closer and lands on the sleigh behind him, Yikes. causing the sleigh to buckle. Santa let go of the reins and turns. The reindeer will know to keep going. He rolls his sleeves up, readies his fists. If it comes down to this, then this is what it comes down to. They leave the North Pole and find themselves meters over the surface of the Atlantic Ocean. This gives Santa an idea. Krampus hates water. As far as he knows, it can't swim. If, it could, if he could just tilt Krampus over the edge, the reindeer... Uh, I'm sorry... Tilt him over the edge. The reindeer pick up sleeve. 
speed. The air batters against the, his eardrums. They're going so fast that it surely won't be long until they reach land. Santa has to act quickly. He manages over the seat towards the monster and swings a fast, swings a fist. Krampus catches it, squeezes it. The pressure on his fingers make him sweat. He worries that they're, they are about to break. He swings his other fist at Krampus's chest. It surprises it enough to loosen Krampus's grip on his fist. But it would be a stretch to claim that it caused any pain. Santa dives into Krampus's waist, trying to take barge into the, trying to barge it into the water. He only nudges it into the edge of the sleigh, but it's enough if he could just make it topple over. The storm lessens. They then they leave it behind completely. The still of night creates clarity in Santa's mind as they move forward, move from the Atlantic Ocean to green to the Greenland Sea. Santa pushes and pushes. Puts all his might into forcing Krampus to the edge, determined to send it into the water and be free of it. Krampus doesn't budge. It just smirks and laughs, mocking the fat old man's feeble attempt at strength. Krampus shoves Santa off and raises up, balancing on the edge of the sleigh. In the distance, Santa sees mountains. They're approaching Svalbard and a tiny Norwegian mountain. The tiny Norwegian mountain Santa normally sails over at the beginning of Christmas. Santa tries to shove Krampus over the side again, but Krampus merely pushes him off. Then Krampus raises his claw, readies the death swipe, and just as Krampus is about to end his battle, the sleigh passes the odd looks of a polar bear and, the, and collides with the snowy mountains of the Nord... This is going to be a hard word. <laughs> Nordoshtlit. Santa's thrown from the sleigh, unaware where the reindeer or a sled or Krampus will go, just rolling down the mountain, picking up speed, feeling a sharp sting each time he collides with the ground. The snow is thick, and it's in the North Pole. He can feel the rocks beneath it. After tumbling for enough time to create agony across Santa's entire body, he collides with something, a tree or a rock or a pylon. He's not sure, and he stops falling. He rolls over, groaning feeling every parting part of his aging body betray him. And he hears the hooves of Krampus in the distance. Yikes. Part four. Below the snowy mountains of Svalbard, a few rows of houses sit peacefully besides the ocean. They are quaint houses, some red, some light green, and some yellow. This may sound like an odd row of houses, but it isn't. Each one is beautiful, besides a besides a garden of snow like a painting of the perfect <clears throat> excuse me like the painting of a perfect christmas story the houses rattle as the mountains quake under the thun, thunding thun, thudding of krampus's hooves santa still stuck, stuck halfway down the mountain against an i don't know against an electricity ply, pylon <laughs> searches for where the sound is coming from his so, his sleigh is across from him it's on its side Prancer and Dancer are nowhere to be found, which is probably Santa's fault for picking the two most cowardly reindeers. He pushes himself to his knees, then falls back to the ground. His spine throbs. His back aches. The slashes down his back sting. Every limb is shaking under the pressure of pain, but he has to keep going. He just has to. He looks to the houses at the base of the hill. They will be expecting presents in roughly 24 hours from now. At this rate, he won't make it until sunrise. 
The ground shakes under Krampus's steps again. It's close to Santa. Doesn't have mu- he doesn't have much time. He will just have to deal with the pain. He pushes himself to his knees. He doesn't try to stand, not yet at least. Instead, he crawls through the snow. It isn't as deep or thick as the North Pole snow. This time, however, it isn't the storm holding him back. It's his tender body. Come on, he urges himself. Come on, you fat bastard. You can do this. He drags himself forward, stretching arms, his muscles twinging, his eyes set on the sleigh. There must only be a few steps away, yet every inch feels like ten yards. The booms of Krampus's footsteps echo. They are louder than they were a moment ago. Much louder. He drags himself forward, willing himself to move, to find the strength. He knows what he needs to do. He knows how to win this. He just has to find the energy, find the resolve push himself like it's the last hour of delivering presents on Christmas Eve when he's exhausted and bloated from many mince pies. He survived a, f- <laughs> he survived a millennium. He can damn well survive this. With a growl, he pushes himself up, falls again, then pushes himself up once more, holding his arms out to steady himself, lifting one foot, ignoring the pull of his muscles as he places it down. That's one step, then another for you to go. The ground shakes harder, the snow crumbles at the slope, and a shadow looms over Santa. He doesn't look back. He knows what's there. He takes another step, then another, then another, and the shadow grows. Heavy footsteps approach. He is almost within reach of his sleigh. He stretches his arm, and he can just about reach it. His hand grazes his side just as a claw digs into his calf. He falls to the ground and cries out. Then he ignores it, and he pulls himself up by his arms and throws himself over the side of the sleigh, leaving him lying on the seat. The ugly face of Krampus appears over him. It twists to the side, looking at him like a scientist might look at a lab rat. Santa leans all his way to the side of the sleigh, and being as fat as he is, manages to level it. It begins to move. Back down the slopes, edging forward as it begins to pick up a little speed. Come and get me, you ugly fuck. The, sel- the sleigh quickly accelerates, gravity doing the work. Santa just lays there, letting it get quicker and quicker, watching the night sky drift by, the stars shining upon him. Krampus's hooves land on the sleigh either side of Santa. The sleigh picks up even more speed. They are shooting down the slopes faster and faster, wind attacking his ears. Krampus plays a claw at the side of Santa's throat like he's finding the right place to aim at. Santa doesn't move. He doesn't need to. He just needs to wait. Krampus's lifts its claw, about to strike, when its face contorts into a twist of anger, ready to finally ride the fi- ready to finally rid the world of this chubby, happy charlatan. Santa closes his eyes, waiting for the impact, and then it hits. Not Krampus, the sleigh, into the side of the nearest house. Santa and Krampus are both sent flying from it, soaring through the air at a speed created by momentum of the slope. Santa watches as the houses and ground disappear beneath him and the ocean becomes visible. The sleigh flies over him and over Krampus and lands in the ocean with a splash, as does Santa. Krampus, however, doesn't simply land with a splash. He is far too big and heavy for that. He lands with a thud that sends a wave of water over the small town, then seeks further and further into the sea. Santa focuses on himself first. He thrashes his arms to stop himself from sinking deeper into the water and searches for the moonlight. He moves his arms, adrenaline providing him with a little energy he has left, and takes a big breath as he makes it to the surface. He sees the sleigh bobbing on the water, and he sees Krampus thrashing about, trying desperately to stay afloat. But he can't. He's sinking, and he's drowning. Santa swims to the sleigh, trying not to get caught in the thrashes of water created by um, 
Krampus's, uh, Krampus's claws. He reaches over, he reaches his arm onto the runner, pulls himself up the side of the sleigh, and throws himself over. Krampus tries to thrash towards the sleigh, but it can't. It's panicking too much. And as Krampus becomes weaker and the sleigh floats towards it, Santa reaches out and places a hand on the back of the weak head. He pushes it under the water and holds it there until the bubbles stop. Then its body floats to the surface where it stays still and empty. Santa lays on his back. He notices that the sun is coming up. He can also hear something in the distance, cheering. He sits up. There are people. The residents of Svalbard have come out of their homes, applauding, showing their appreciation for Santa's heroic efforts. A man with a speedboat, uh, a man drives a speedboat towards him. Santa just lays back down and stares at the sky as the, si as the sun rises. He allows the man to approach. I'm sorry. He allows the man to attach a rope to his sleigh and drag it inland without acknowledging them. He is too tired and in too much pain to move. He'll rest until he reaches the shore. When he arrives back on land, a doctor is ready to see him. He gives Santa painkillers, <laughs> patches up his wounds, and by the time the sign has fully risen, Santa is alert enough to know he needs to get back. It is now Christmas Eve, and he's a job to do. A man with a plane says he'll get it ready. A group of men retrieve the sleigh and attach it to the base of the plane with rope. Santa thanks them, and they say it's the least they could do. Once ready, the residents cheer at him as he waves from the cockpit of the Cessna 172. Meanwhile, in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean, Arctic. The, Arctic. Uh, I'm sorry, middle of the Arctic Ocean, the body of a hideous creature drifts away. The residents sail out to sea to find its carcass, but they couldn't. Of course they couldn't. It wouldn't let them. It is a creature of myth, more so than Santa. And how could the world live in fear if they knew whether it was alive, if they knew whether it was alive? And as still as the body looks, as vacant as the eyes are, there is still a mind in there. A despicable mind, yes, but a mind nonetheless. And the mind does not die. And as its claws twitch, the body starts to live too. For this is a creature that won't simply drown. This is not a creature of the world. This is not a creature who will give up. Yes, Santa will have this year, another Christmas where he'll, be, where he'll get to make all rich kids happy and poor kids grateful. Another Christmas to get fat on mince pies and biscuits and sherry. But only this Christmas. Because the rest of the claws twitch again and the eyes slowly come back to life. It knows it's not defeated, just simply um, consumed by even more rage. And it will be back. As much as Christmas will come and go this year, you can be sure that Krampus will do his best again next year. And maybe that time he will not fail. Maybe next year, Krampus will defeat its enemy once and for all, and the presents you ask for to satisfy your greed will no longer arrive. I guess you know when you wake up on Christmas morning, put on your Christmas, stock, shop, Christmas socks and rush downstairs to find either a stocking full of presents and toys and a gift under the tree, or a stocking full of jolly fat man's guns and a Christmas tree decorated in his blood. Perhaps on Christmas morning, when you rush out of bed with nothing but presents on your mind, you should proceed with caution. Perhaps when you tiptoe down the stairs to check to see if he's been, you should keep the living room door shut because you never know what you might find. Dun dun dun. dun, dun. Yeah. Santa kicked his ass. That was fun. That was a good one, huh? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that was that was a fun one because you're like, and then the end there, you go, all right, so. We were recording this the day after Christmas. Right. So Santa obviously won this year. Won this year. Yes. Right. I'm thinking for all you kids out there listening. He was able to probably deliver Probably shouldn't his listen presents. to this story if 
<laughs> you're a child. But nonetheless, no, it's, it is a really good story. It was, it fun. was fun. So it, yeah, it was a little different. The battle between Santa, Santa and, and Krampus. Krampus. It sounds like it's a <laughs> annual ongoing battle. Yep, absolutely. So yeah. very good. We, we hope you had a wonderful Christmas, like I said, a holiday season, all the good stuff. We hope you enjoyed this story. Yeah, enjoyed the story. You can check us out for that. I'm Greg Lamontagne. This is Beth Lamontagne. This is the Castro Files. We will catch you next time. Thank you so much. Bye, guys. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Take care.